0: Robins at the gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Get £20 in free bets when you join today and bet £10 on any sport. Always bet on red with Mansion Bet. New customers only. Minimum first bet of £10 at odds of evens or greater from a UK debit card. Four £5 free bets valid for seven days. Full terms at mansionbet.com. 18 plus. Be gamble aware. Welcome along to Robbins at the Gate with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. Thank you for joining us. And we will be looking back at what's been a dismal week for Bristol City. Don't want to sound like stuck records, but again, not good enough. Against Wickham, against Luton, Gregor took it all in, and he'll fill us in exactly on how he saw it and the reaction afterwards too. Nigel Pearson, three wins from 13, and that's giving him the Middlesbrough game. We'll talk about his future and his talks with Steve Lansdowne. And really, has he made much difference? You can argue that the players aren't good enough, but that is still a big conversation for us. We'll preview Millwall, which isn't looking particularly exciting right now, and talk about Mark Ashton and his gardening leaves. So, oh, Gregor, another dismal day at Ashton Gate. Said it far too often this season. Uh, it started off so positively 2 0 at half time against Luton. But what, what happened, in, in your opinion, in the second half for the capitulation to concede three?
1: Well, yeah, th- it was annoying, this game at Ashton Gate, because it tantalisingly offered the hope that we might see a home win for the first time in, what, nine games. It dangled a victory in front of us, seeing Bristol City actually play some of their best football at Ashton Gate for quite some time. I thought they were very good, actually, in that first half. And actually it was very, very similar to the Wickham game. In both games, they were very, very good in the first half, but then they wilted in the second half. And unfortunately, I, I think part of this is because and we do say it very often, that the, the injuries have, have robbed this squad of a good thirteen, fourteen quality players, Famer Jeju missing on Sunday was the latest victim to injury had, apparently had a, a swelling on his knee according to Nigel Pearson so he can be involved and, and basically if, if you look at the substitutions made in both games at Wickham you had Seku Jana being brought on he's only 21 it was his second appearance for the club and on Sunday uh, against um, Luton, Luton. <laughs> we, we had Alex Scott coming on for his debut and first start for Tommy Conway yeah. And don't get me wrong, these guys are good young talents, but if you're then asking them to perform at, in the white-hot intensity of, of a championship battle and basically keep out the likes of the physical Uka uh, Ikpiazu of, of, of Luton or, or, or maybe picking up someone like um, Sonny Bradley of Luton Town, which it wasn't the case to be fair. But, but you know what, what I'm saying, just basically yeah, yeah. They're, they're just not going to be able to deal with those physical contests. So unfortunately, I just think we're going to keep getting these results because the young guys just aren't ready yet. They, don't get me wrong, they are talented Then it's good to see them playing. But essentially, yeah. Bristol City don't have the squad at the moment.
0: Yeah, no, look, I hear you, but I look at the team against Wickham and there's plenty of players that should know better. In, in that starting lineup mm. against Wickham last Wednesday. You know, the, the, the likes of Jiju, Callas, um, Tommy Rowe, Henry Lansbury, these Naki Wells, all experienced professionals. Um, they've just not been good enough, I'm afraid, um, to capitulate against Wickham as well. You know, Wickham have made a real oh, fist yeah, of it yeah. in the last few games. They're down now, pretty much. But that for them on Wednesday was incredible. But going into that game, I would have backed Wickham over Bristol City because of how dire they've been in the last, well, the last half of the season. Really, if it wasn't for that terrific start under Dean Holden, Bristol City would be going down. You know, th- let's yeah. have a reality yeah. check here. And, and I thought your tweet after the game really was telling because, you know, I've known you for a few years now and you're very, very fair when you give an assessment and you don't, I wouldn't say you're ever overly critical. And and you you never really have been. But um, this was your tweet at full time. And I always think full time tweets are a good gauge of how someone has read a game because that's when, you know, the emotion is is at its rawest. So, uh, yeah, this is what Gregor said. Where to start with that? Defeat snatch from the jaws of victory. An eighth home loss in the last nine games. Relegation battle ahead next season unless there's a big turnaround of momentum and more. So it's, it's rare we see a tweet like that from you, Gregor, to be honest. But... You know, do you, do you stand by what you said? Because going into next season, should this Bristol City team be worried? 18th in the table. 18th. There's something, yeah, to be, yeah. there's something to be said, right, for how Lee Johnson did and the job Dean Holden did in the first half of the season. Nigel Pearson doesn't have the same players available. We've got to say that for, for, for the fairness of Nigel Pearson. But do you see him staying right now? Because he, he, I think he wants to.
1: Well... First off, I just think this season has turned into an utter catastrophe. It's just been one debacle after the other. And yes, yeah, Sunday's was the latest following. Yeah, you're right. What you said, a capitulation at Wickham Wonders. And there, there's a few minor, minor positives in that they played pretty well in the first half of both games. But ultimately, yeah, there's massive problems with this team and this squad. And there are also questions on Nigel Pearson as well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to absolve him of anything. In fact, Yesterday after the Luton game, I asked him specifically if he's getting it right between the balance of playing the young players and and, and having the experienced players in there who are going to win those vital headers, vital challenges, vital tackles at the end of games and preserve results, preserve clean sheets, which they're not doing at all at the moment. So there's so many things wrong with this squad at the moment in terms of, you know how much I love the XG. And there was a, yeah. a table last week and it oh, clearly showed yeah. that on expected goals bristol city are bottom of the table which basically shows that they've been a little bit lucky in some of their results this season but they're a massive that, that's massive, massive. that is
0: massive to yeah. be bottom of the table of your xg expected goals below the likes yeah. of the, uh, of wickham and the teams that are going down sheffield wednesday derby who have been absolutely dire this season mm-hmm. bristol city are at the bottom of the pile it It's just absolutely incredible gregor I mean yeah how how much blame are we are we putting on injuries because you know we keep saying it week after week, but it's an indication of where the club is at that they haven't been able to have the players that can can step in
1: i I think it's a massive point, but i don't want to I don't want I, I to dwell on that because we've spoken about it so much, so I'm going to move off that quickly but but yeah, just on Pearson. Yeah, I think there are question marks over over him because yeah. we were saying, that I think it's just three wins now in 13 games for the manager. And, and, that, yeah, and that's, and that's really giving con- him the Borough yeah. game. That's you being very generous. Yeah. Because he wasn't <laughs> yeah. in charge for that and, game. No. And and yeah, you could imagine that the Bristol City hierarchy are now looking at this and thinking, should he have done a bit better? And I, and I think he probably should have done. And the the, the best news of the weekend, well, it's two good things from the weekend is one, finally Bristol City are mathematically safe, but it is a frustration that they couldn't do it themselves. They had to rely on results elsewhere as as Derby lost at home to Birmingham. So at least we know they're going to be in the Championship next season and they can start to build for that. And then secondly, as as I think we're going to come on to now, yeah, talks have started taking place between um, Steve Lansdowne and Nigel Pearson and whether Pearson is going to be the man for the longer term.
0: That is the big question at the moment because, as far as I can see, the general consensus it's, its hard to gauge because what we have to remember is not everyone is on social media. We may think everyone is, but they're not. But the general consensus I've seen is, is people still still want Nigel Pearson, but purely because of what he's done before now, and he comes in into this with that wealth of experience. You know, there were some great comments last week from Leicester fans that he essentially laid the foundations for what was their subsequent success. He's had talks with Steve Lansdowne. what do we know about what happened in those discussions?
1: Well, obviously, um, well, first of all, actually, he, he flew to Guernsey, I believe, uh, for those talks, rather than Steve coming over here. So that's one little detail. I don't think that's been reported elsewhere just yet either. Oh, right. um, also, also, Uh, John Lansdowne, we've spoken about this before, he is back, he's been overseas, he's back around, he was up at the High Performance Centre last week, he's been involved with talks with Nigel Pearson, they were both taking in Bristol City women, using the High Performance Centre to train on for the first time last week, I think, I believe John Lansdowne was at the game on Sunday, and yes, they they fought back by the
0: way, great great result for Bristol City women 2-2 against Aston Villa, which Mm. was really important for their campaign by the way, sorry Greg, I'll carry on,
1: yeah, yeah, that's good to the wild out one as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, uh, or evidently they haven't reached any agreement. And, yeah, just tying into what we were saying before, you would wonder if there, may, there might be some consideration at the top about what else could they have? Would they possibly contemplate going elsewhere? I, I think you're right from what I've seen of the Bristol City fans then I think most recognise that Nigel Pearson essentially has been forced to manage with one hand tied behind his back in terms of the squad being massively depleted and it's not his his group of players he he said to us after the game yesterday that it was that the squad was was massively overbalanced in in terms of their they're short of uh, a certain types of player and i think that is is clear to see that they don't have enough quality in probably in both boxes to be honest and mm. So it's yeah. such a contrast, isn't it?
0: Just just touching on that before before you expand to a couple of years ago uh, and all the excitement around so many players and and the truth is Bristol City have tried to sell their way to the top. That is what's happened, and at the moment, as we sit here talking, it hasn't really worked because the best players have gone. And okay, maybe maybe you know some of the players that came in were good enough, but as soon as they're injured. It's not there, but Adam Webster was so brilliant. Yes, they got a, a hefty fee for him. Joe Bryan, Bobby Reed. These are just the players so I'm thinking of the top of my head. And is there an argument to be said then that Nigel Pearson is telling Steve Lansdowne, you can't sell your way to the top right now?
1: He's got no one to sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You, I mean, yeah, you could, absolutely. You could, you could imagine that that's the case. And I think he'd be, he'd be right if he was saying that. I, I think they have sold too much. I, I thought it was quite telling that there was just one little criticism from Lee Johnson when he was interviewed in the coach's voice and he mm. said that he thought they had traded too much in his time. And I, and I think that is the case. I don't think you can... I think there comes a point where you've got to keep your best players to keep progressing. And if they'd maybe just got one more season with Webster, they might have gone up. And sometimes you've got to look at the longer term. So I I think in when we look back... At these few years, I actually think we'll, we'll see that maybe the club might have done the right thing in terms of making the big sales and just stabilising the change. Yeah, for, for the finances there.
0: as well. That's really yeah. important to, to remember.
1: And, and and all the infrastructure now now in place. But my understanding is that the club very much sees their next appointment as manager as absolutely crucial in terms of now progressing the club. How do we take it from here? But they said this in summer. Yeah, you're right. And they've gone backwards. Yeah. What's happened is you're right. They've they've gone backwards. They've gone in reverse and they, they look a long, long way from it. But in football, things can just change very, very quickly. And I was running through it in a piece I wrote yesterday, just that, in August, we could see a very, very different team on the pitch, honestly. Mm. And 13 players, all, all unavailable yesterday. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, think like Joe Williams, Andy Byman, um, Liam Walsh, if he renews Calimo Dowder, um, Chris Martin's got another year on his deal, Jada Silver, and then plus anybody that, that, say, Nigel Pearson, if he's in charge, brings in as well. So we could see a very, very different team starting next season and, I, I think now the club, well, it's obviously reaching crunch time. They've got to make decisions. Are they going to appoint Nigel Pearson? I, I just we need think to decide now,
0: Gregor. Today. This is this is urgent. Yeah. You know, we are yeah. about to finish the season, and the prep is already beginning for next season. So, uh, this this should have been done and dusted. Quite, I mean. Quite quickly, because I know that they got Nigel Pearson in reasonably quickly after Dean Holden left, it has to be said. That was quite decisive. But since he came in, there's been no decisiveness whatsoever. And two games left, and then they start preparing for next season, for pre-season, where they're going. Contracts, who's staying, who's going. This is just... It's got to be this week, hasn't it? It's got to be.
1: Yeah. Well, Yeah. And yeah, assuming they're going to go with Pearson, I, I just think who else could they get that's going to be any better or is going to have a a, a better pedigree than Pearson? You look at his, his track record for success and yeah, I, I think they've got to, I think they've got to basically time up and you're right, get it sorted now. And then we can decide on players. We've also got to replace Mark Ashton and possibly they might bring in a director of football. So, so much to decide. they've got to crack on.
0: Yeah, Mark Ashton is, is where right now? Because he's on the Ipswich Town website, or we saw that last week. Um, is he still working with Bristol City? Is he working to tie up contracts with players or start working on transfers? Or, or, or with Steve Lansdale? is he helping with Nigel Pearson's negotiations? What is the state of play there?
1: Well, actually, since we've, we've mentioned that last week, being on the Ipswich Town website, I think he's been removed from there. So, Good so, spot. Um, seriously. <laughs> yeah, credit to I mean,
0: football. He he's um you know, he's got a month left and he's still getting paid to be the chief exec. So what is he doing in that next month because he's now invested in Ipswich Town not Bristol City. I I'm not talking yeah. about money, I'm talking, you know, sort of psychologically invested.
1: Yeah, well well, absolutely. I mean, there's a a conflict of interest there surely I we we just I wrote a piece on this during the, the week about whether we should be on gardening leave now because I think it is fair. Yeah, it's a
0: really good piece by the way it's on the Bristol live website I'll let you expand on that
1: Yeah, fairly de rigueur, but basically in in this situation, most CEOs would would step down, I think, and be placed on gardening leave. And we we spoke to a a director of another football club for their independent view. They didn't know any of the circumstances or or even really who we're talking about or anything. So, but in their opinion, they thought if there was transfer activity to be done and... And that's such a huge part. And also they said um, you'd you'd be a little bit naive to think that anything wasn't happening on that front in terms of contracts and transfers and things. So in in that position, it it should step down. Now, on the other hand, ultimately it comes down to the Lansdowne family and their trust. They obviously, they obviously have um, a a huge degree of of trust in Mark Ashton and, Mm. and it's their decision. So, yeah, he's got one more month to go. It's a, it's a bizarre one. And um, yeah, I saw Paul Cook actually speaking about Mark Ashton at the weekend and saying he's looking forward to, to working with him. Over Such a weird one, over. that,
0: after he didn't give him a job. That's a very interesting uh, dynamic that I'll be keeping an eye on.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the only thing is, I mean, if, say, Ipswich Town in the summer now signed a Bristol City player who's coming out of contract, that would be... And that would ask massive questions of the club and why they didn't stand uh, Mark Ashton down. So, so yeah, we it's one to keep an eye on. We we understand that Luke uh, Verhoon sorry, the club secretary, is going to go over to Ipswich as well at some point. Not initially, we believe he's going to be held possibly to um, a six-month notice period. So, um, and that's to help with a new CEO coming into Bristol City. But, but um, yeah, that's. Another one to keep an eye on as well. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting watch over the summer as to what business Ipswich down do as well as Bristol City.
0: Yeah, it is intriguing. Who do you think could be the new chief exec, Gregor?
1: Well, we we reported recently that there were a couple of people we knew that were interested in the position. Uh, Adrian Bevington um, of Middlesbrough, one. Um, I think he worked for the FA previously. Uh, And then another interesting name is Richard Gould, who is the son of Bobby Gould. And he actually used to work at Bristol City um, previously as commercial director. He is now the CEO of Surrey Cricket Club, previously CEO of of Somerset Cricket Club. And with his CV, and I have to say, I've spoken to some people about him, and he comes very highly recommended from from people I trust and respect their opinion in the game. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it could be worth keeping an eye on him, although... Yeah, we know he's interested, but I'm sure there will be other names in the frame as well.
0: Funnily enough, I bumped into Bobby Gold on the high street the other day. Um, I should uh, have asked him. I should have said, what's happening with his son? Next time. Um, well, we were talking yeah. about his kids. He's, he said he's got some in, uh, one in New Zealand and one in Surrey. I should have said, well, will he be back here soon? Next time. Next time yeah. I'll bump into Bobby. I will ask him. Um, it seems... It, I, do you know what? When we preview a game now, I'm like, what's... Not what's the point, but it's hard to be positive. And I like to think on this podcast, in our previous form, we always tried to be fair and positive, and, and we do try to do that right now. But when you look at the game on Saturday, you know, fans are asked to pay £10 on iFollow to watch this match against Millwall, away at Millwall. It's If we're brutally honest, it's a nothing game. Millwall are 12th, Bristol City at 18th. Uh, Gary Rowett's did a pretty decent job at Millwall this year by by all accounts, but you just get the feeling that it could be... Watch this, it'll be a thriller now, but it'll be quite an attritional <laughs> affair. There won't be many goals. Can you get yourself excited well, for this one, Gregor? <laughs> well,
1: well, at least we had some goals on Sunday. I think it was the first time in sort of five games that we've seen any goals at Ashton Gate for the home side. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This this upcoming game does remind me of like the last few years. It always seems like we have Millwall away towards the end of the season when, when, there's, when there's not a huge not a huge deal happening um, so yeah I, I don't expect them to get very much I think Millwall have, have shown at times that they that they well uh, they, they had a really bad run across the, the season at one point didn't they but but uh, when they played Bristol City they, they did a fairly good number on them at Ashton Gate they were they won 2-0 and it was probably along with yesterday's game the, the the worst home performance of the season for the Robins so yeah, I'm not expecting too much from this game and I, I think maybe at this time of the season it's going to be very interesting to see what the team selection is. Does Deju come back into the team? He's not staying, given, He's not staying. Yeah, well, it, do, it doesn't look like it. I, do, I mean, the only thing is I don't think he's got anything agreed with elsewhere and um, we know that there hasn't been any fresh talks basically for a long time between Deju and Bristol City and if... If if a, a new manager comes in, or if Nigel Pearson is appointed, might he yet try and convince Deju one last time to to stay? But um, but yeah, we, we'll see. Uh, uh, just on that, I mean, actually, I thought Tommy Conway was excellent um, on on Sunday. He, it was his first start for the club, and um, he could have had a penalty. He he, he scored in inverted commas later on in the game, and looked like he poked the ball over the line from a corner and it was he ran off celebrating and oh. unfortunately it was offside. But, yeah but, but he had a good game. Yeah he, he had a good game. So yeah Backinson was seeing some good form from him recently and I, I just wonder if they're gonna keep continuing to play on at right back because he's he's probably another player who's who's not going to be here for the longer term. So is there any point in that one? No. So yeah some interesting selection issues for Millwall. Um i yeah I wonder if they might might make a few changes.
0: Yeah, I think um, the the way Nigel Pearson's talked about the fragile mentality is quite interesting. Um, he's been here for 13 games now, if you give him borough. The, the fragile mentality that he mentions, you know, he's had a couple of months to sort of do, do something about it, I suppose. Because when you talk about mentality, it's actually nothing to do with with injuries. Have you seen sort of any... Any sign that he's getting through to players? Perhaps the younger ones more. You mentioned Tommy Conway there, or is that just the exuberance of youth and the enthusiasm, which is something that Nigel Pearson can now call on in these final two games?
1: Yeah, just to add to what you're saying, he made reference after the game yesterday to players playing with demons in their heads. I don't know what, what or who he was referring to specifically. I'd love to know there, who he
0: was referring to,
1: but. And and to be fair to Nigel Pearson, he's very good at not throwing any of the players under the bus at all. And, um, and he always talks in the collective; he doesn't single anyone out. And yeah, it ties in. And but you're right; I I haven't seen any of of him getting through to the players, getting a response. I mean, who would you say? Is in good form in the Bristol City side oh. at the moment. I, <laughs> off, yeah, it, it, no, nobody's <laughs> in sustained. Nobody's in sustained good form. Matt Backinson has been good the last few games. Last couple of games, uh, backinson has been
0: okay, hasn't he? Um, I mean, oh
1: gosh, that goal at Wickham. Uh, yeah, that was War. a
0: great goal. That was a great goal. Uh, what's Nash been like? He's he got a goal yesterday. Um, how would you? Goal and assist
1: yesterday. Yeah, I, actually, you're right. It, that's an interesting one because he's been playing this new position they started the game in sort of a 4-2-3-1 uh, formation and they've played Adam Nage out on the right wing which is which is bizarre for me to see him out there but actually he, he set up Backinson's goal at Wickham and then he set up Wells for the first goal on Sunday and then he scored so two goals and uh, uh, sorry a goal and two assists in, in his two starts out there so yeah he is one guy I suppose who, who's done okay Backinson, as we, we said i just on his goal at Wickham, that that was po- po- probably the goal of the season for um, I think for Bristol City this year, I can't think of too many was, better than yeah, that. Yeah, I can't even. That, that was a great strike, Chef Wednesday. Yeah, and and then yeah, the, I actually thought just on on the losing game, just that that Wells actually had his best game for a long, long time. Obviously he scored, but he had five shots, which. He didn't have, a, I don't think he had any shots at Wickham. And it's, it's been out there on social media that um, David Stockdale actually had more, more shots on yeah, goal than I Wells seen finished that, yeah. the game with. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe maybe that is one positive that, that Nigel Pearson is finding a system that, that's going to get the best out of Marky Wells. And and I do think that that's key because he, if you want anybody having those shots, then it's Wells because he's got the, the finishing ability, as we saw. Um, against Lucien to make the most of them. Now, they've just got to try and find a way to stop the, the goals going in at the other end and central defence is a, is a big problem for me.
0: Yeah, it's going to be intriguing to see if Bristol City can get anything out of these last two games, two Saturdays to go and that's it. The season is done and I think Most Bristol City fans will probably be glad to see the back of this one. Uh, Some great pieces from Gregor up on Bristol Live at the moment. If you take a look, that Gardening Leave article we mentioned is well worth a read on Mark Ashton. Millwall this weekend, Brentford the following weekend. We'll be back next week to discuss Nigel Pearson's future to see if it has been sealed either way. And then it's a look ahead to the last game of the season. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you next week. Robins at the gate. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet. Your favourite place to bet. Always bet on red with Mansion Bet. 18 plus. Big and blue air. Please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced by Little Monster Media.